Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you are in the world. This is Manchester is Burning. It is January the 10th, 2021. It is Sunday, at least where I am in the ATL, Georgia, USA. We are here at the instant reaction, not so instant, of Manchester City 3 Birmingham, zero, not Birmingham, Alabama, y'all. This is Birmingham, UK. Third round, FA Cup, survive and advance. Manchester City does this afternoon. This is your instant reaction to that. If you have not already done so, if you are listening to this on Apple Podcast, please give a five-star rating to this wonderful grassroots podcast coming out of the ATL so that others can find this, can others can find this podcast, this video cast. Please do so if you do not mind. Smash a like on the YouTube channel. Yeah, we got that too. In case you missed it, we also had on yesterday, we had two shows yesterday. One was the first feature of a weekly feature that we're going to have on Manchester United women's team. That was a great, great interview. We got a great contributor, Adam Bateman, who provided a wonderful interview. Please check that out on the video and on the podcast. Now, next up, we're going to have a couple of things, a couple of items here. A couple of items. Oh, yeah, the second podcast. Yeah, I totally forgot. My brain is gone. My brain is gone. All right. So the other thing is we did an uh, instant reaction to Manchester United 1 and Watford 0. It's not meant to be pretty, and it wasn't. So check that out as well. That was yesterday. Now, today, I want to talk about a couple of shout-outs first, and then we'll get to the instant reaction. Three points on Manchester City advancing today. Did you know, because all y'all think that Manchester City won their first trophy in 2012? Yeah, some of y'all out there do. And until I learned about Manchester City, that's kind of what I thought too. So I don't blame y'all for not knowing. Did you know that the first trophy that they ever won was in 1904? Yeah, 1904. What year is it now? 2021. First trophy won, first piece of silverware they won was in 1904. Why am I talking about this? Well, because A, I like to talk about history, but no, more relevant to today. Today, club statement the other day said this, the following quote, City are delighted to announce we are now the proud custodian of the 1896-1910 Football Association Challenge Cup FA Cup following the recent purchase of the trophy at auction by club owner, His Highness Sheikh Mansour bin Zayed. Furthermore, a forerunner of the FA Cup in use today, the trophy is one of the most significant artifacts in world football and the oldest surviving piece of FA silverware in England. Now, let me get to another point here. His Highness Sheikh Mansour, Turned around, loaned the original FA Cup to a museum. The National Football Museum, to be specifically exact. Now, this is important. 
Obviously, this is the first piece of silverware that the club has ever won. It is important from a historical standpoint to keep the artifact in the UK, in England. But it shows a philosophy that Manchester City's ownerships, City Football Group, have maintained since they purchased the club. They, unlike other owners of other football clubs, have not attempted to ignore the history of the club, ignore the country that they are buying the club from, ignore the relevance, the culture of the city, the culture of the club, and instead have embraced it. Yes, have they improved upon the history? Have they improved upon the record of the city? Of obviously they have. They have poured in numerous resources, tons of resources, literally and figuratively, but they have not attempted to ignore, disgrace, destroy the history of the club and where it came from. This is a case in point, a small one. He could have taken it home to the United Arab Emirates and just sat there with it, looking at it, admiring it like a Ferrari or a Chihuahua or a garden hose. But no, he chose not to. Don't He loaned it to the National Football Museum so that it stays home. Stays home, y'all. Come on. That's an important factor. It is Manchester City's first. They could have kept it at the club. No, they did not. Also, look at the way the club has handled the passing of the king of the Kepaks. Colin Bell, they've handled it with such admiration, grace, and a proper respect to a man that has one of the greatest players in City's history. I know other clubs would have been like, oh, okay, well, dude died. Uh, okay, we'll see you at the funeral. We'll pay a little bit of an homage and so forth. No, they've gone all out, all out to pay respect to the man pay respect to, the, to his teammates, the people who knew him because they are still part of the club. Not like at other places. I will not name names, but you know who they are. Who just ignore the past, destroyed the past, tarnished the past, and used the past as an ATM advance on their current situation. Do I need to explain any further? Do I need to look across the city at the Glazers, the looters, who have looted the greatness of the past in order to just enrich themselves in the process by using the club and its history and its greatness against itself as an ATM machine? Manchester City's owners have not done this. They've been, they've invested heavily. And a lot of people have something to say about that. I understand. I get it. But you cannot say that they're taken away from the club. You cannot say that they are destroying or collecting on or using the club's history as credit, using its greatness against itself. No, that's not what they're doing. You may say what you will 
where the money came from. You may say what you will about maybe the lack of transparency of how the money gets there. You may say what you will about the state-run ownership. But you cannot say that they are using the greatness and the history of the club against itself to use it as an ATM. You cannot say that they're not investing and putting everything into it. You cannot say that they have not put in a complete professional organization that is dedicated to winning football, lifting trophies as a first thing, putting out the best product in order to get the money to put it back into the product. Do you see that on the other side of town? I don't think so. Say what you will, but the thing of it is, the philosophy, lift the trophies, get the money, put out good products, and the money will come. Not about just making the money. And if we get the, get the silverware, okay. That's not how it works. Second point, real quick. I go over to Arsenal, the Gunners. Stan Kroenke, one of the worst owners in the history of the world. Why do I say the world? Because he owns a whole bunch of teams. His family, his whatever group, whatever you might want to call it. Owns a bunch of crap, a bunch of teams in the United States. One of the worst owners in history. And he does even one better. Instead of investing in the club, guess what he do? Arsenal takes out a 120 million pound loan from the Bank of England. That's right. You heard it. I know Arsenal needs money. And I, I mean, all everyone's hurting. All the clubs are hurting. But you owns a million clubs, million teams all over the place. You got all this money. Instead of investing the money, you decide, oh, I'll just take a loan from the government for 120 million pounds. It is a disgrace. Absolute disgrace. It's morally wrong, legally correct. You can do it. So here's my why it is a complete disgrace. First off, it's taking money out of the hands of people who actually might need it. Other businesses that don't have rich benefactors that might need those that money to survive. That's number one. Number two, let me give you this analogy. So if you live in the UK or you are a UK citizen, you pay taxes. Now, I'm not a UK citizen, so I don't know how to think the tax stuff works. So maybe I'll transfer it to the US. Okay, let's do that. All right, so let me say this. So I pay taxes, right? I pay a good amount of taxes. Now, taxes are, by definition, money that is taken away from me by force to give to the government to pay for whatever the government spends that money on. So what if the government then turns around and then gives that money to a sports club 
that I don't even care about, that I don't even like, that I don't even know. And just give that money to them. I don't use their products. I don't want their products. They're a business. They should make their own product and make their own money themselves. But no, they took my money and they handed it over to them in a loan. That's my money. They took from me and give it to a sports club with an owner that should be able to pay for his own stuff. The purpose of government is not to prop up football clubs. The purpose of government is not to own football clubs. It is not the purpose of government to give out loans to sports clubs. Yes, I understand it helps keep people in jobs and so forth, but that's why you have a rich owner, Gunners. That's why you have a rich owner who can invest in the infrastructure. Don't give me that. Don't give me that mess. It is morally wrong. Government's role is very simple. Protect your citizens from foreign and domestic issues, invasion, etc. Protect your citizens' individual rights. Do whatever appropriate legal objective means necessary, including court system. That's it. That's the main role or roles. Not to prop up sports clubs. Not to give my tax money away to a product that I don't use. That that's not a part of what I do. Sports clubs should not be involved in government. Government should not be involved in sports clubs. Whether they gave away my money, gave away my money to, uh, to you know, a hockey team in New Hampshire. Why? Why? That's not the purpose of government to do, to prop up sports clubs. And it's definitely not the role of government to prop up sports clubs that have rich owners. They should not mix. They should not mix at all. It is not the proper role of government to do this. Okay. Uh, uh, forgive me, I'm going to go on a rant for hours and hours and hours, and you do not want to hear that. Let me go to Manchester City and Birmingham. Come on, right up. I am back. Yeah, you didn't miss me. All right, Manchester City 3, Birmingham nil, third round of the FA Cup. On a Sunday, it was miserable in Manchester. That weather was terrible. Who in their right mind would want to play that match? I'm telling you, in that weather, it was miserable and miserable. I mean, if it was not the fact that basically, number one, Manchester City and Manchester United give out, pay out bones of money, bones of money. No, boatloads of money to players to play there and have chances to win titles and be under good coaches, even great coaches in one person's case. I don't know who would want to just voluntarily go there. 
I'm be like, yeah, I want to live in Manchester, and um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna make four hundred thousand k a week, uh, but I'm going to be freezing to death every day, uh, during the winter, uh, and the sun's gonna go down. I don't know really early, and um, it's gonna be dang cold. Choose that, and instead of going to Italy or Spain, but okay. But hey, people do it. It's great. It's great. We have we didn't have these players who want to play play in Manchester, then we wouldn't have this podcast. We wouldn't have Manchester City to cheer for, Manchester United to cheer for in the Prem. Hey, it's great, but I tell you that man, that was was a mess of cold, just wet and dreary, and everything else in Manchester today. Uh, in that match, but but I, I talked yesterday. Point number one, I, I talked yesterday about about survive in advance, and Ali. Cousin Ali over at Manchester United, you know, him putting out basically the the B team out there to just survive in advance. And that's what he did. The philosophy just simply is not going to be pretty. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a smashed windshield. It's going to be a broken carburetor on the side of I-95 in Nebraska, which that doesn't even make any sense because I-95 don't even go through there. But my point is it is a broken car. It was a broken car windshield. I mean, it was ugly, and it was meant to be ugly. It was meant to just survive in advance and move on. Fans needed to sit down. However, the the philosophy of Manchester City for this match was a little bit different. See, Uncle Pep, Uncle Pep wants to basically do this, which is what I would do. I I, I got to agree with this philosophy. When you have a cup competition match, one off. Winner, advance, loser, go home and sleep with their cat. The idea is to win. But see, what I would do, and I've done on Football Manager, and I've done on FIFA, and I've done in Parcheesi, and Checkers, and everything else, is you put your opponent to the sword Immediately, you know I'm about you score first in the parking lot. You score first in the grocery store. You score first on the football pitch. You score first in the computer game. You score first at Grand Theft Auto. You score first. Not thirst first. You score first. You put them to the sword early in a tight match like this. You put them to the sword. You do a Game of Thrones on them in the first 45 minutes. End it. Done, done and dusted this thing in 45 minutes. And then you're just like, all right, we done now. I'm going to give some people a rest. And then we're going to slide this thing all the way through to the end. Survive in advance. 3-0. That was the plan. Uncle Pep don't play. He takes every match seriously. wants to win every match. And he wants people to go and get through the sword. It's a different philosophy. Ali, survive in advance. Not pretty. Uncle Pep, put him to the sword in advance. That's what this match was about. So Uncle Pep decides he's going to put out the B-plus team. He's going to put out the B-plus team. Why? against the championship side and near the bottom of the table there. Why, why, why do that? 
Well, because you want to put them to the sword early, pack your bags, and go home at halftime and go play golf in the wind or drink some milkshakes in the cold or find a penguin or buy a puppy. So in the lineup, you have Mares, Jesus, Foden, Bernardo Silva, Rodri, KDB, Kevin De Bruyne, for you people that don't know what that KDB means, Cancelo, Kyle Walker, Ruben Diaz, Benjamin Mendy, and you got Zach Steffen as goal. That's a B-plus lineup. That's a B-plus lineup. Idea, put them to the sword. That's what they did. That's what they did. They put them to the sword quick and early. Bernardo Silva, laser strike out in the middle of nowhere. Eighth minute. Bernardo Silva, after a wonderful feed from De Bruyne, just kicking it back right in front of the goal. Boom. Then you got Phil Foden doing his thing. 33rd minute. Game done and dusted. 33 minutes, 3 0. That's it. Done. Done. Put him to the sword early. Be clinical. Be surgical. Be tactical. Be destructive. Death Star time. Blow up Alderaan. It's over. 33 minutes. Out. You're playing against Birmingham. I'm sorry. No offense. No disrespect to Birmingham. But there's their championship squad and they're near the bottom. No disrespect. But you put them in the sword early and then you just go home. You rest. You play the game out. That's what you did. That's what Uncle Pep did. That's what I would have done. I would have done exactly what Uncle Pep. Put out B-plus lineup, destroy them in the first half, play wonderful, play surgical, professional, tactical, play my game, play my match, Death Star, blow up Alderaan, out. That's point number one. Number two, point number two, which kind of goes on with point number one, is that his whole thing went exactly according to plan. It went according to plan. You put out a B-plus lineup, you rest a whole rest some players, put out just who you need to, to blow up Alderaan first. And then the plan is, hey, let's, you know, Let's pull it back. Don't matter. We won this thing. It's over. Birmingham not going to come back from three points. But everything went according to plan. Point number two. The plan was to put them at the sword early. Everything went according to plan. Now, in the second half, I didn't expect them to score any more goals. They, it was sloppy. It looked ugly. It was all over the place. The defensive line was disorganized. Passes didn't go the way they needed to. People didn't hold their lines the way they needed to. But the point is, is that second half, Birmingham was already done. It wasn't like in the other match against with United and Watford where, where you know, they, Watford was technically still alive. No, Birmingham was finished. They were done. They were toast. They were cinnamon toast, burnt. In Arkansas, 
on the highway. They were done. It was over. So you just ride the thing out, you know? Just ride it out, man. Ride it out. You know? That's the plan. Just ride it out. Rest some people. Put in the people you need to put in to, to blow up the city. Or blow up, man, I'll blow up cities. I don't want to do that. I'll blow up Alderaan. Yeah. Yes. Fake Star Wars planet. Let's blow that up. Death Star them. Put them to the sword. Game of Thrones style. And then the plan, you just ride, go jump on your horses and chariots and whatever. And you just kind of just ease on out. And that's what it is. It's not supposed to be pretty. Blowing up Alderaan's never pretty. Game of Thrones, definitely not pretty. Well, maybe there were some moments where it was, but I'm not talking about that. This is for everyone, the show. But the point is, it went according to plan. And there's very rarely in Manchester City season so far that things went exactly according to plan. Things, you know, in other matches fell apart. Things happened. People got hurt. You know, UFOs started coming during one of the matches. And I don't know what happened at that point because that, that memory has been erased. But my point is that it went it went according to Uncle Pep's plan. And Uncle Pep likes it when things go to plan. Now, of course, on the sidelines, he's going to be yelling and jumping up and down when things aren't perfect. And that's just how he is. That's how he's – God bless him. Bless his heart. He's, he's going to jump around and point at stuff. But it went according to plan. And that's exactly what Manchester City needed. Needed a match where it wasn't hard. But it went to plan. Went to plan. Third item. Third item. Did I tell you there was a third item? Yeah, there is. Third item, y'all. Youngsters. See, when you got a situation, see, this is how it went according to plan. All right? So you put out the people you need to put out. You put out a De Bruyne, you put out a Bernardo Silva, you put out a Phil Foden, you put out a, you put out Rodri, you put them out there, Game of Thrones them in the first half. And then what you can do, because see, they allow five substitutes in this, is then you start exchanging out. Now, what I didn't understand, I understand exchanging out Jao Cancelo for Hardwood Bellis, Academy prospect, did pretty well, did okay, did pretty well out there. He struggled a little bit, but, uh, you know, he's a kid. I expect that to happen. That was in the 46th minute. Also in the 46th minute, you put in Felix Nementia, and he struggled a little bit in this match. But, again, he's a kid. Give him some playing time. Give him some experience in an FA Cup match. But what I didn't understand, though, was you swap out Ruben Diaz to John Stones. Now, I don't quite get that, but okay, fine. Um, but I didn't quite understand that. But but okay, but but just but you switching them out. You switch out Ruben Diaz, who is rock solid, hard uh, on the defensive line. He's a definite leader, definite leader quality on the pitch. You need that. You need that. And you put in John Stone to replace him, and he's got that res- resurrected his life, his career. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure you want to risk that against Birmingham, not Alabama, y'all, UK. I'm not sure you want to you want to risk that. And then he re- you replace Rodri with Ferdinandino. Why risk him? Why risk Ferdinandino? But then later on, you put in uh, Liam Delap in for Gabriel Azus. 
at the 75th minute, giving him some playing time. Then, yeah, you make your five substitutions. So when was the last time that Pep used all his substitutions? You put in some youngsters, put in some people to get some playing time, slide this thing home, get it out, get it done, wrap this thing up. But, yeah, used all five subs, put in the youngsters to get some playing time in. They struggle a little bit. Hardwood Bullis, a little bit disorganized in the back. They mentioned struggled. Now, y'all need to be fair, y'all, with these youngsters. The youngins need your support. Don't write them off after 13 minutes. That their career is over, that they're horrible, they're not going to make it, and so on and so forth. you got to give them a little bit of time. Throwing them out there against Birmingham City in the third round of the FA Cup for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever, not going to make or break their career. Now, yeah, they may have struggled. Dementia struggled. Hardwood Bella struggled. But you can't write them off after 20 minutes. That's not fair. You can say they struggle, and I will say they struggled. They did. But they're youngins, all right? They're youngins. They're, they're there for a reason. They're there to get experience. They get some playing time, run around, get cold. Liam Delap, he's he's gonna be he's gonna be really, really good. I'm telling you, he really is. He's a star in the making. He's a star in the making that they're sitting on over there and so forth. So point number one, the philosophy, the strategy, putting them into the sword, death star blowing up all around. Point number one, point number two, everything went according to plan. Game of Thrones them, and then get out. Then third, putting in the youngins, using all your subs, getting them some playing time despite the struggle. But you know what? Because Birmingham not coming back. Not coming back from that one. So first half, clinical, surgical, professional. Death Star style. Second half. Slow, dour a little bit, but giving them some playing time, giving some people some playing time, getting some people some more rest, see this thing out, go home, put them to the sword, and then advance. That's what it was about today. Today, you know, I want you all to think about this on a Sunday, January 10, 2021. I want you to think about the light. Look at the light, feel the light, see the light around you. Know that the darkness is out there. Acknowledge the darkness, but do not let the darkness hug you. Manchester's burning is out. We are done for today. Goodbye.